Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. Uh, what we're going to do today, I'm going to just do a quick live. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of different topics. We want to definitely recap uh, the game this past what was it, Friday evening? So I was there. I had a chance to rewatch the game just now, so I got some really good notes. I'm going to have Ace come on here, too, because I want to talk to him about a lot of different stuff. The main topic at hand, I guess, is going to be Jamar Chase. So one thing about me, and if anybody's, you know, just followed me for the first time or anything like that over the years, you know, like, if I say, you know, it's a go and, I, and I'm all in, I'm all in. Like, it, it's, it's not going gonna, gonna to take more than a preseason game to knock me off my pivot, right? So I appreciate you guys as always. This is where I originally started everything. This is originally where I did anything was on Instagram. So my loyalty to you guys is everything. During the season, I need all of y'all to tell everybody you know this season. Before, you know, we were just doing it. But, like, I need y'all to tell everybody that you know that we are going to go live on these Sundays. It's the only reason why I might not go to this to the season opener, but starting next week, I'm gonna start doing a live stream on there, and um, we're gonna get our third uh, the third preseason game. So everything is looking really really good in that regard. If you've never been to the Harry Nuts Gang Gallery, baby, it's lit. We're gonna do this thing. It's gonna be fun. More than anything, it's more about getting people a chance to watch the Bengals win. Maybe you don't get a chance to watch the Bengals. So I'm going to make sure that you watch the Bengals, right? So there's nothing that's going to stop that. My loyalty, I started this thing. It's, it's, I came up off of Instagram. But um, I thought me and um, Ace had some really good uh, conversation points that we were talking about earlier. So I wanted to make sure that I talked to him. Oh, we had some really good talking points. It's a little unorthodox. Like, normally we do our show and... It's a little bit more structured. I, I don't think anything changes the fact that we're going to do this one right here on Instagram Live. For for us, we, we've we made a, a, a commitment to try to put out more material. So first and foremost, I'm, I'm going to try to hit y'all from every outlet. But if you guys haven't ever seen this guy, this is my partner in crime here, Ace Boogie, New Stripe City. Follow him on New Stripe City on YouTube. Um, I pro- I've met him on, on Instagram, ironically, right? right? So, right. so here we are, uh, preseason game two. Ace, uh, you could you could take it from here. Uh, let oh, let me say this: if you do follow me on Instagram, please make sure you follow Ace here on Instagram as well at New Stripe City, because like I said, we're going to do more content here. I even talked to some Facebook people today earlier. We, I'm going to be on Facebook too. <laughs> I'm going to do right. some stuff on there, too. And I, we're going to get these people right. So this is a really important show. Ace, how you feeling? I'm good, bro. You can hear me well? 
Yeah, I can hear you pretty well. Doing good, man. Obviously, like we talked about earlier, it's a lot to talk about. Uh, but I'm still feeling pretty optimistic about the performance yesterday. Like in terms of, I guess, like for me, the most positive thing, I would probably say two things. Offensive line and the defense. The offensive line, you almost didn't notice them. And that's when you have a good aspect of an offensive line where you don't even notice them. So many people were upset about Jamar Chase and the drops yesterday. They overlooked the fact that Chase Young had no sacks. We gave right. up no sacks. And the offensive line, that pocket, like you talked about before, was extremely clean, even for backups and guys that aren't starters. So, obviously, the Jamar Chase thing obviously is an issue. But to me, I think that it was somewhat overblown because this is a guy, like we talked about earlier, hasn't played since the 2020 National Championship, is still trying to get adjusted to the speed of the game. And like everything else in life, when you're trying something new, or you're trying to take it up an extra notch, you're going to have some nerves. And I think that that's just really what it was. I don't think it's a real factor. It just was disappointing to hear people on Twitter start comparing him to John Ross. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, we, you can't go from being the president. Well, I'm not going to say president because you're the president of the Chase Club. But, you know, you can't <laughs> be a Chase supporter and then after three plays, get down on the man. We're here to support our players. We're here to make sure that, you know, everything is taken into account. And I think I said earlier, a lot of articles were written about Jamar Chase's struggles in camp. So I think that that kind of highlighted it. But at the end of the day, there was no kind of, I guess, consideration on the situation that he's coming into. He's learning in the NFL. He's trying to get adjusted to the speed. He's playing with a backup quarterback to my knowledge that he's rarely played with in camp. I mean, those are things that are going to happen. I think the first one was a business decision. I'm not really mad at him for making that decision because if he gets hit and he has a concussion and he's out for two weeks, then what? Like yeah. you wanted the, you wanted Jamar to catch the pass that bad in that situation for a preseason game. Obviously if that happens in week one, week two, he's got to come down with that and risk taking the hit. But honestly, Brandon Allen shouldn't have put him in that situation either. Uh, as far as that. But the defense was humming. The pass rush really was there. Obviously, the the injury to Cam Sample is somewhat concerning, especially as we approach the season. And right. it seems like just like defensive tackle, defensive end and edge rusher this year is the area that could potentially be in jeopardy. I think they probably need to bring in Noah Spence. If they have him, if they like right. what they saw, you might as well just throw him on the roster. At this point, he's, he's got to be a camp body at the very least. Before I even get to, like, uh, Jamar Chase, I wanted to highlight, I had some really good notes. Just so you guys know, I mean, I went live on my Instagram briefly here, so you guys saw me walking in, uh, saw a lot of people. I saw a bunch of whole lot of orange shirts, which really, like, made me crazy. You were telling me last week, if you guys haven't seen Ace's design, he has a design called Amigos, where it's got Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. Really fire. Make sure y'all check that out. And you were telling me last week you saw somebody, and I know you took a picture with her. Yes, sir. I, I saw four people with a whole lot of orange shirts, which blew my mind. And I'm with my father, and he's like, like, you made that shirt? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. And then, But the, the most messed up part about it is I got a picture with one of the guys, but it was a black guy and a white guy. If you guys are in here, I don't know who you are, but I know I, like, Say a whole lot of orange, and the dude turned around. And was like, yeah, and he was like, and then his friend was like, oh, that's them. He made the shirt, and the dude was like, oh, that's the guy that made the shirt. You know what I'm saying? So, but I never got a picture with that guy. So if you are here, 
or y'all know somebody that was at that game with that had the shirt. They were sitting right there at the 40-yard line. I was at the 50. They were like 18 yards over, and I should have just went over there then. So that's a whole other story. Um, there are some notes that I had from the game. I thought one of the first highlights that I thought was really, really good was when Reader and Ogan Joby were together. Um, it was a play early in the first quarter where they kind of, we kind of saw what our interior looked like for the first time. They kind of game tackled on a guy. Another play that I thought was really good was when Sam Hubbard, he actually won, got him a sack. There was another good pass rush that he had early on. So from the defensive end, the defensive end position and the interior three techs, I thought that was really good. Sample early, he, he, he kept on flashing in my, in my peripheral. I was trying to watch a lot of different things. It was very, very unfortunate that he left out there. At the time, I thought it was a wrist injury. I put on my Twitter because I'm tweeting. I'm going live. I'm doing all this stuff. But I, I said that I, I thought Sample was holding his wrist. Later on, I saw people saying that it was his shoulder. I mean, his shoulder. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is Hodge. So Hodge got reps with the second team, right? right? And he actually jumped off the screen. So one of the conversations, and I hope my boy isn't in here. You know, I love you very much, Khaled Kareem. But one of the conversations is we're going to get on probably till our next show that we do. I can't figure out a way that they could keep Hodge and not drop somebody. And right. the, the, the odd man out would be, like, if Khaled Kareem can't get healthy, I think the play might be put him on the um, on the because you could designate them and come back in three weeks or something like that. But there's no way that at this point that they could put Hodge, especially with Cam Sample. There's no way I could see them going that route where, you know, they, they, they let them hit waivers and, or, and, you know, somebody's going to claim them. Like, do you have any thoughts on Hodge? Because, I mean, he is a dog, bro. Like, nice. he was going crazy in that game. From every, like, somebody behind me uh, uh, watching the football team fan was like, who is this dude Hodge? You know what I'm saying? So that's really, that's really telling right. when the opposition is telling you, like, hey, look, that dude right there is, like, balling. Did you, did you feel no, like, I think you, what do you think about, like, Hodge? Like, No good. I think I think like you said, uh, Hodge is definitely flashing on the screen. I I didn't even notice that last week in Tampa he got in against the first team and did his thing. He really reminds me. I, I said this on Twitter. He reminds me of Chris Carter. Chris Carter, uh, I believe, probably five seasons ago or something, was a dude who got in during the preseason. Nobody knew who he was, and he just kept getting sacks. But the difference is. When Chris Carter was in, he started off with, like, the third team, second team. And then the last game, they put him in with the first team. I think Hodge is definitely a guy. Everybody's been talking about Crow Wells. They've been talking about Puka. I think Hodge is the undrafted guy that's really going to be a shocker uh, for this team. I think Hodge can make the roster. I think, like you said, the way that you juggle that with Khalid Kareem is that you either put Osai or Khalid Kareem on the PUP or IR designated to come back. I think that's how you make it work. But I'm almost worried to even cut Hodge because I'm pretty sure a team within the NFL would definitely take him. So I think yeah, Hodge, after that game, them, gotta keep him. All of them, Khaled. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, aside, you know, you that's the only play I, I think they have is maybe like one of them guys got to go IR because when we go into like next week and we start talking about our 53, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's no way that they can carry all of them. <laughs> There's no room. The yeah. Um, so Rennell Ren is in trouble. Rennell Ren is in Super trouble. Rennell, you my guy, a, but 
I don't know, I'm a, bro. Hey, I, I hope Fred. I hope Fred sees this. I'm gonna take the clip for this. I'm gonna tell you, hey, Fred is a large person, bro. Up person, Fred Johnson and Ronell Wren are probably the biggest people I've ever seen in my life. But I'm gonna Tyler tell Shelvin you, Fred. Too, Shelvin a bit a different type of bigger person though. Like right, he's right. like he's like a big person that's just like like I he's I, not I, as I tall, like, like you said. He's yeah. like he's like a he's like an Olympian or something like a a, a, a weightlifting <laughs> Olympian type dude like that's just whatever. Them two, Fred Johnson and Renell Wren look like monsters, like from like uh from Space Jam or something like that, bro. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, hey Fred, hey Fred, you shaped a little funny, my boy. You shaped a little funny, my boy. Like, I got to get you, bro. So if you see this, we got to talk. You funny. Uh, you shaped funny, my boy. The other thing is I thought McLaurin and Cheeto was beautiful. That was a beautiful conversation, a, a, a piece that I had with a guy sitting next to me. Because on one hand, we're, you know, I'm talking my trash. I'm saying these are the best wide receivers on uh, whatever. Then he's like, well, what about Terry McLaurin? And then guess what? Dynamic Brown makes a play, right? So I'm I'm just I'm at that point I'm sweating. I'm like, give me another right. drink. You know, like I'm like, oh Lord, like this is not looking good. But uh McLaurin and Cheeto, this is the first time I think our corners were really tested, like not deep downfield, but Cheeto held his own. And he and he and I was saying this last week. I just thought that that was just a great value. Like he might not be the best corner of all time, right? But for what he represents on our team at this moment right now. There is no better value than that. To to lose William Jackson in that regard, William Jackson doesn't play last night. Not a big deal, whatever. But to have that happen and then this guy come out here and balling like on the same level as William Jackson. Now, the one thing I'm going to tell you about William Jackson that I think he might have an edge on but we won't be able to see right now is the long ball uh, makeup. Like, I haven't seen Cheeto get tested on like a 50-yard bomb against like a speedster to just see, like, if he's beat at the line of scrimmage, can he make up that ground? But Cheeto, so far to me, with the exception of Evan McPherson, because I'm going to give Evan some some love. Sure. E, uh, what is it? E equals MC squared is what, uh, what I, uh, me and my father was calling him yesterday. But uh, E equals MC squared is a weapon. But Cheeto, to me, has been the best person in camp. And I told Cheeto that I messaged him that last week or something, I told him. The last highlight that I had out of anybody that I wanted to talk about was Carmen. Carmen, I don't know, like, because I, I, I don't have all 22. I just watched a regular replay that I just I recorded on my um, TV or whatever. But Carmen caught, caught two bodies, maybe three. I saw another play where I thought he knocked somebody out. Now, it was a guy he was working on. I think it was Wilcox guy or somebody like that. And he just took it. It wasn't a dirty shot, but took it, laid him out, pancaked him. He caught two bodies. And I just was automatically like, "Woo!" And he and he's a large person. He's a large person as well. So anybody questioning, like, does he want it? He's finished, and he knocks some guys to the ground. Did you have any other highlights that, uh, or anything that stood out to you? I think some other things that stood out to me is Aresul Filo played admirably. I think uh, within the scheme, Fred Johnston as well. You know, obviously, I think when we talk about some of the things that that didn't go as well backup quarterback I don't know if I don't know if Brandon Allen really is a definitive solution because you know to have 28 yards at halftime the offense just was not going anywhere and you know obviously we don't want someone why was he throwing why was he throwing so hard 
Did it look like that at home, bro? Like it, it looked. It like looked like he was trying to throw was like fire. Like he was just trying to throw rockets, bro. Honestly, I think somebody on the broadcast really summed it up perfectly. It looked like he was throwing up prayers where the receivers had to like adjust to almost every ball, and it was just like this is not indicative of a solid a solid quarterback. I kind of saw some of that in Tampa when we brought Kyle Shermer in and I was like, I'm kind of used to the Jake Dalagala, you know, the, the, the backups that we had that were somewhat decent, that kind of flash. Uh, you also talk about I, um, Driscoll as well. You know, it just kind of seemed like I'd rather have like that old vet who's not really a threat, like a Joe Flacco, like obviously he's in Philly, but like I'd rather have like a savvy vet or something like that in a pinch. That was the only thing that kind of scared me was, and I mean that's not really something to be scared of because obviously we have Joe Burrow, right. but it's like, ugh, I, like I I like I like the fact that Brandon Allen knows how to get them in and out of plays, been in the system for as long as he has. We saw what he's done in the past, and I'm not going to discount him the same way I wouldn't do Jamar Chase after one preseason game. But this preseason one, preseason two has not looked good for him at all. And I'm gonna tell you, it's a play. I wish, oh, I gotta get this all twenty two. There is a play where Higgins, he overthrows him at the pylon, and I tweeted immediately because I was standing next to my dad. I'm like, hey, look, this is six points. Pocket. This was the pocket of the, of the preseason. This is the best pocket that you will see in the National Football League, period. He could have held it if he wanted to a little bit longer, but the route had already developed. He's got Higgins one-on-one going towards the pylon, and he just throws a rocket right out the back of the end zone and I'm like, bro, like, you don't even have to be on target with this type of situation he had. One-on-one -on -one situation, T. Higgins with a lesser corner than, than what should even be on him. He would have bodied him. And I just was like, oh, like, as it was developing, if anybody's right. watching any of these things that I be in my house, and I'm like, uh, this is six, so I'm calling players, whatever. This is one that I was in the game, and I'm like, this is six points, bro. Like, I, and I could not believe he overthrew it. With yeah, that said... Uh... Okay. Diddy said something about checking out Rosen. I mean, honestly, at this point, I would consider Rosen for sure. The one thing I want to say before I missed it, shout out to my no boys. I didn't take with the crazy highlight Ooh. grab. That's just what he does. But shout out to Jacquez Patrick. This dude is averaging seven yards per carry, and that's that's pretty good for a back of his stature. So I think Jacquez, honestly, it to me, I feel like at this point, he's got to be one of those final backs. Like the fourth back, obviously he's got to prove some things. But one thing I saw is they split him out at receiver and he mm -hmm. still was able to make a catch and stuff like that. So Jacquez Patrick, that's my guy. I've been telling you guys about him for a minute. He's not your regular. We, we interview him. Exactly. Facts. So Jacquez, bro, like to put two, I was somewhat upset that they didn't play him a little bit earlier. I would have loved to see him with the second team. Obviously they wanted to get P Ryan some, some, some clock there, but I'm going to be real on this situation with P Ryan. I feel like it was almost similar to a Brandon Allen situation where they just pretty much handed them those roles without making them fight for them. They gave P Ryan the extension and I'm not mad at that, but, you know, to just say that there's no competition with Chris Evans or anybody else out there Whoa. for the second position, I don't know if that's really – I don't ever, know if that's valid. Ever since you told me Chris Evans looks like Reggie Bush, 
I cannot get that out of my head. And even do, you saw the run, he goes off tackle, goes in, you know, goes into that B gap and comes out and it bounces it outside for a second, right? Flashbacks yeah. of Reg, Reggie Bush, right? Then he gets to the outside and he goes for a spin and he gets rocked for it. But if he has like one or two more inches off of that and can spin off of that to his outside shoulder and get to the outside of that, he set the dude up so perfectly, but he kind of like misjudged right. it a little bit. I highlighted it if you guys are watching this. It's on my story right now, and I and I zoom in on the on the jumbotron, and I was like, man, this dude, Piran offers something different. He offers a toughness and a toughness like you need Patrick on the practice squad. Like you need that toughness and you need that guy that's going to wear guys down. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those. I'm a proponent of like let's not run Joe Mixon into the ground, right? Right. But Chris Evans offers something that I don't think anybody has seen from us in a while because Gio had that elusiveness with him, but he was he, he ran lower and his center of gravity was a little bit different. And and it, maybe it was a little bit more straight line, but Evans right. got a little bit more wiggle to him. And I think they catch on the same level. It, he's like the perfect Gio part, part two, but he's just got this elusiveness with him that I just think like, it's gonna pop off like crazy. So they could hand P Ryan the spot if you want, but them the three. Like Patrick, I just think he I think they feel confident that he would he would be able to clear waivers and he would be on a practice squad. So it's it's those top three, P Ryan, Mixon, and Evans every week. But I think the more opportunities that Evans gets, it's gonna be a scary sight for the NFL because like if Mixon wears you down early on, like people was talking about the hit he had on the sideline. I feel like Mixon delivered that. Like right. that blow that when mixing when you truck somebody, I'm going off in the stands. The people to my left and right, I'm like, yeah, like this is this is preseason. I'm putting right. shoulder pads in your in your face already. Like I was talking my talk at that point, and he and he laid somebody out, and then they're like, yeah, mixes. I'm like, yeah, he chucked somebody. They're like, yeah, we've seen enough. Like, right. but if he's doing that, and then Chris Evans comes in there with that little bit of shake, and he's not small either. Right. So like he and he's 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 taller. Like he's kind of like in the Reggie Bush mode, which is nah, crazy, dog. And I and I love I just I love his game. If you guys haven't seen it, me and Ace on um our YouTube New Stripe City, mine is Zim Hude on YouTube. We interviewed Chris Evans, so I consider him a friend a friend of the show. But that's a really good interview as well. But he he was super dope. You want to get into some Jamar Chase action? Right before we do that, before I forget, my man. Bailey did his thing. Like, he should have had – Marcus Bailey should have had – like that's, yeah, he's, that's the pick. He should have had – now, that's what he does. Like, a lot of people were wondering why I'm so high on him. Interceptions is what he does. I think he's honestly probably going to end up being one of our best coverage linebackers. Obviously, he's got to get his hands on it, but that's what he brings to it. But, yeah, let's go ahead and get into Jamar Chase action. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, bro. Like, like that's that's the crazy thing. Maybe I was just too hammered at this game or something. Uh, it was a lot going on for me, right? It was just, it was just fun. It was good being back to a football game. But I didn't walk out of that game thinking like they underachieved. I walked out of there thinking like so many plays. If Joe Burrow was there, we already know that's six. Right. I feel like the defense held up, and the thing that I walked away feeling. Even if it was in a positive play in our favor, is I was looking at the pockets. Like that's just one of my things. Right. When the ball is released, I'm still looking at the point. Like, what is the quarterback's platform looking like? Right. And it was pretty healthy. And PFF blocked that. I mean, backed that up. 
you uh, sent me some stuff earlier today. I posted their pass blocking grade. I mean, all across the board, like legit stuff. I went and looked at some other teams, not going to name some, some teams, but there's some other teams that are out here struggling on it with their first team guys. And I'm just, I'm, I like to compare. I mean, compare. Washington last night, I mean, did y'all think that Fitzpatrick looked good? Right. He looked like Fitzpatrick to me. Fitzpatrick looked bad and he looked uncomfortable. We put good pressure on him throughout. Like, even if they didn't get to him, good pressure on him. That first series, he got the he got hit as he threw the ball. Right. Like, you know, so he had all this pressure on him. But yet, as a Bengal fan, we wake up and then we focus in on what went wrong. And I get the I, I get the Jamar Chase stuff. Like, if anybody gets it, I'm a I'm a laying to him. Like, you know, like I don't have no excuses for Jamar Chase. But I didn't walk away thinking like, damn, this team is like, they don't got it. My expectation levels maybe aren't playoffs, like, because I'm not just thinking in that mind frame. I'm thinking more so, let's be way better than 4-12 and 12 and let's be a really good team, right, and just be able to compete and, and win all of those close games, be super competitive, and at the very least put points on the board. I find myself looking at the game from Joe Burrow's eyes thinking like, that's a first down. That's a touchdown. Once I got past the fact that, and then I look at the PFF stuff earlier, I'm like, yeah, the offensive line is legit. Like, that, that going up against arguably the best defensive line in football. Like, that's my biggest takeaway. Joe Mixon, every single play that he had was, like, it looked very positive. Chris Evans did get met in the backfield a couple times, like two times this game that I didn't like. So, the run blocking, absolutely. But, I mean, this is arguably the best defensive line in football. But going, uh, going into that, Jamar Chase. I'm in the stand. I'm talking to everybody around me. I'm I'm talking about like if I had a like next time I go to a game, a game bro, we need cameras. Right. Some of my best trash talking of all time. I was out there like telling the people I'm surrounded by watching the football team, uh, people. But I kept it super. You know, I'm a I'm positive, right? But at the same time, I'm like, come on, y'all, y'all didn't come here to see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You came here to see Jamar Chase. Like, y'all play fantasy football, don't y'all? Right? That's the question I ask people. It's like, you play fantasy football, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, I play fantasy football. You're not drafting, after you get past Terry McLaurin, you're not drafting none of them dudes. What, Curtis Samuel and who else? You ain't drafting Sims, Humphreys, none of them dudes. You came to to see us. You really did because you want to know if your fantasy team looking good. But the only time that they try to change the the conversation is when I, I then pose the thing, well, Okay, our trio looks really good, and it's backed by projection, talent, and what they have achieved. That that is illustrated with fantasy football. But if I tell you they're the number one or top three wide receiver core, they're like, "Whoa, wait a second, we won't go that far." So then I'm asking people around me. I'm like, "But would you let? Would you draft Jamar Chase in the ninth round?" They're like, "Nah, I'm drafting him like if he gets in the fifth, sixth round." All right, Tyler Boyd, what round would you draft? Like, I'll draft him like in the eighth. All right, T. Higgins, what round would you? Uh, I'm drafting him round five. One dude, like, I might draft him round three. You right? It's very convenient for everybody when that, that's the conversation. But if I tell you that it's the best, then it's a problem. But Jamar Chase goes out there and has a bad performance. I don't have excuses for him at all. Like, I, like I'm from the old school train of thought of if the ball touches your hand, I don't care if he was an undrafted football player. The reason why you get paid this amount of money, and I'm sitting in here watching my damn son babysitting in here, and I'm and I'm and I'm eating pork chops, and you over eating filet mignon, and you're a rich young man, is because you catch footballs way better than I will ever. And I see you in practice, I see you in all this stuff. Everybody tells me you're a gamer. 
I'm behind you. I do a whole goddamn special saying Jamar Chase is the illest. And then you go out there and drop three passes? No excuses. People that are making uh, highlight things and saying, well, the ball was behind him a little bit, he got his hand on it. Making business decisions, I agree with what you're saying, too. I feel like he did make a business decision, say, Landon Connors, I don't really want that smoke right now, and it is what it is. But the old school train of thought that I have in me is like, yeah, but you just got to you gotta want it. You're a dog. And I told everybody you was a dog. So for me, I even reached out to, you know, some of his family, stuff like that. I offered some different points of support. I'm not panicking. What mood, what mood are you in? I think there, there is an argument to be said that says that what I saw in camp, what guys that I rely on, like James Rapine and different things that I've seen, different things that I've highlighted, I have seen drops in camp. I'm not going to. But at the same time, I've also seen three touchdown practices in, in, in other stretches where he's had really, really good camp days. I don't think the drops highlight who he is, and I think he does something better than a lot of people. And the difference between him and John Ross is the mental side of it where I feel like John Ross will never be mentally with Jamar Chase is. But the biggest point is John Ross was on a team that didn't want him. Like Marvin Lewis didn't even want him. So it's very hard for you to really vouch for playing time. Say, say, uh, say they didn't want Jamar Chase after the first and the second drop, they wouldn't even put him back in the game probably. They probably would have just said, ah, just sit the rest of them out. We don't even like you anyway. But you saw the coaching staff was like, nah, go to him again on third down. And I right. just think that with 100 targets throughout the whole year, he can't fail. And if anybody thinks that he will fail, DM me right now. I'll bet you. I'll, I want smoke. I took two bets earlier today. I said, I guarantee he has 900 yards. I got two people to get me for $100. Said that Jamar Chase won't have 900 yards. I think he gets 1100 but I just played it stupid, like 900. What is your feeling? What do you feel about Jamar Chase? Real, real quick. Anybody that's telling y'all, this is very important. Anybody that's telling you, I think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to be trash. Tell them to bet you. If somebody say that, if they really, really talking about it, right? We live in America. Ain't nobody playing with no money. If you really, really feel in your heart of hearts that you think that Jamar Chase ain't going to be lit, I bet you won't bet it. I bet you you say that. It could be $20. I bet you ain't nobody going to bet you. That's my final thought. No, I would say I saw people earlier saying that Eagles fans are saying they dodged a bullet. That's pretty funny because me and you talked before the show, and everybody's talking about Devonta Smith, right? Go back and rewatch. There's a there's a video on YouTube from the NFL's account. It says every single Devonta snap target. He dropped two or three of them himself. He just ended up catching two of them. You did not hear anybody complaining or saying anything about that. It just is what it is. They're rookies. They're learning. I'm not I'm not panicking at all. Like, honestly, to be honest with you, that's not something that I'm panicking off of. You know, given the situation, like, said and I've said we've played wide receiver now we've only played in high school and stuff like that but you know I've I've actually witnessed and had pregame jitters and stuff like that myself sometimes you get hyped up and then once you drop the first one it's kind of in your head right you're just thinking about it like all right I got to make the next play and then you drop another one and it's like man I just got to get out of my own way I think Jamar will be perfectly fine I think Joe Burrow and the foundation that can be around him you talk about Joe Mixon you talk about Joe Burrow you talk about Tyler Boyd you talk about C Higgins I'm sure that they're supporting him and gonna are gonna be in his corner the only thing that I would have liked to have seen from the Bengals is to not take him out I think it was at the end of 
the first quarter or something like that, I would have kept him in until he at least could have got like a screen pass or something like that and got one catch in and taken him out just to make sure that his confidence is still there. But no, I don't think that he's John Ross 2.0. I think that that's kind of wild to to say that because John Ross wasn't the guy that came in and didn't play in two seasons. I mean, that's just facts. I mean, so for me, I'm not complaining about the whole Jamar Chase thing. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be something that we monitor. Now, if this continues to be a trend or something and it's week five or something like that, then sure, we can talk about it then. But let's just relax and pump the brakes. I mean, these are the same people that were saying, you know, 15 days ago, Joe Burrow doesn't look like he wants to play football. And now all of that talk is gone. I'm sure that Chase will get his confidence back. Like you said, mentally, I think that he's stronger uh, than a guy like John Ross. And here's the thing. Once Joe Burrow gets in and starts throwing those darts and they're on point and he doesn't have to think about how is this ball coming to me in his second nature, that's going to go away. So I think that it's a non-factor. I think that we should just for real support our players, give them like, let's wait. We're giving, it's almost like, so if tomorrow, Michael Jordan gives up a sack. Are you going to forget what happened the past two weeks with the consistency? If our offensive line gives up one sack in three games, are you going to say the line is garbage and this and that? Let's just cool it, bro. I, I noticed that a lot on Twitter. Even when I watched games last year, games that we're still in that are one possession games, I see people start saying, oh, it's over. I'm turning the TV off. Oh, it's a wrap. And then we come back and win, and then you're, you're jumping back into who they nation. Nah, bro. Like, right. let's just be real. It's okay to criticize him. I'm not saying that you right. can't criticize him. Right. But don't go to an extreme of calling him the next John Ross. That's just kind of wild. Like, <laughs> that's just kind of wild, bro. The, the one thing that I was telling somebody, and I, and I had a post, and a guy said, you know, like, you can't tell me how to cheer. I said, man, you never heard me on um, me and my, my partner Ace's show. That's my number one thing is, like, you can never tell a fan how to cheer. Right. And, and, and I'm 100% with that. You might have your own people that you feel like are better, right? Or, like, like there's an argument that says that Auden Tate should get more reps than Jamar Chase based on him having those drops in his performance and what he's accomplished already. There's an argument. I wouldn't take it not spending, you know, the number five pick in the draft. Like, you want to give Jamar Chase right. the opportunity, Right. Right. But but the one thing that I was telling you like off air is that this is the, this is a common denominator that I cannot stand. It's the, my only pet peeve. When I talk about the Stoolers, Pittsburgh, or something like that, I talk about them in a in a situation where, as in life, I hope they're fine. Like I don't want no nothing bad to happen to them health wise, right? But on a right. football field, I want them to fail. So if you guys follow my page, it's Zim underscore Zim. Zim underscore Snoo Jr. underscore something like that, whatever. It's my Bengals versus Steelers page. It's predicated on me saying, oh, Deontay Johnson is going to be a bum. He's trash, da-da-da-da, right? Or, or me committing to the, the thought process that I think he's going to fail and me wanting him to fail at football so that my team can do better, right? If you are saying that you are a fan, and this goes on a lot on the internet, period, by saying that you want a guy to fail to prove yourself right, it's just you projecting your fear on, on or trying to project your fear of failing at whatever in life and trying to project it on the thousands and millions of Bengals fans in the world that spend all this money, that cheer and, and bust their ass out here talking this Bengals who they stuff, right? But you right. out here selling like, oh, yeah, I'm calling it now. I saw that a lot. I'm calling it now. 
Jamar Chase is going to be a bust. And then, like, even if you think that Jamar Chase is not lit, even if you think that Jamar Chase is not your guy, how could you consider yourself a fan of a team, but you want the player on the team to fail or you're projecting the person to fail? That never made sense to me. Billy Price, I don't think is really good. But hey, I will I will say. But but he bought he he bought he right, right? yesterday. And and, I, and I'm gonna celebrate it the same way you were talking about MJ. I'm gonna celebrate it the same way. I'm gonna say, bro, right. MJ been killing it. I was super critical on him. I've been saying that I don't think he should start. I still feel like that. I still feel like he shouldn't start. But if he's consistent and he's playing and he's balling, I'm gonna be cheering louder than everybody else because he plays for our team. So anybody that's talking that, oh, well, you can't be critical on da-da-da-da, you could be critical or we could critique. I'm going to do that all season. Like I said, I don't got no excuses for Jamar Chase. I will say that will never happen again. I messaged him. I said that can never happen again. I told his family that can never happen again. I've invested so much. I even got a Jamar Chase chain that I haven't even showed y'all yet. It's fire. Uh, but I'm all in on Jamar Chase. But at the same time, you sucked yesterday. You didn't play well, and you played way better than that. You are the chosen one. You are all of that. You got a chain that says you're the chosen one, right? right. But telling people, telling people that, oh yeah, like he's a bustle. Why would you want that? You can't be a fan of the team. That's the only. That's my only pet peeve with fandom. Like you could cheer for who you cheer for. People cheer really, really loud, or they had Sam Hubbard jerseys or whatever. But for me, because Khaled Kareem uh, came on our show, and I've, I've talked to him before, and I've developed, you know, like what I, you know, like I feel like he's a really cool guy. He's super positive. I'm rooting for Khaled Kareem. Maybe more than, maybe, maybe subconsciously, I'm rooting for him more than I know, than, than Sam Hubbard. I don't know. Because, you know, that's just who I've, you know, I've come accustomed to or I've had contact with. But that's so, something totally different. Sam Hubbard, goddamn ball out. It's let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, that's my one thing that I, I that's the one message that I want to, um, spread or whatever and i'm gonna start doing some facebook stuff really heavy and we're gonna have like some therapy sessions on it but that's one of my things is that people are like well you can't tell me how to cheer and i've been with the fan base for 40 years and i'm like yeah that's cool and all but all that energy that you used to have when you was a Bengal fan that is now channeled into people like me and eight so you ain't got to stand up and cheer the loudest but i will Right. And you can't you can't make me be miserable because you mad off some shit in 1985. This right. is 2021. It's New Jersey. Right. It's a whole different. It's a whole right. different team. It's 2021. We the borough babies now, so it's it's a little right. bit different now. So let me moving forward. The one thing I I read a comment just now and it said this too. Um, Vince got banned. You need to message me. I'm gonna figure out a way. We gonna you ain't got no cash yet. You got Zill Venmo. I got all that. We can get it lined up. No problem. But uh, what I was going to say is that one thing I thought the coaching staff should have did is get Jamar Chase a catch. Just get him a bubble screen. You could have handed it. I, I bet you they got one in the round. Give him something before you just took him off because just looking at it and me being at the game, yeah, there was uh, Joe Mixon coming over to him. Joe Burrow came over to him, had a nice long conversation with him. He talked to Puka a lot. Puka was talking to him a, a bunch um, at one point. And I could tell that he was really – this is the first time I've ever seen him with his head down. And um, he had his head down and stuff like that. And I just thought, like, that's not a good way to end a, uh, a game. You know, like, if you ever been to a gym 
and you're shooting around. You don't lead a gym until you see the ball going to the net. Like you can shoot a hundred shots, but you gotta make sure the goal, the the basket going before you leave. And I just thought they should have did, did did they should have did that. Did you have any other like thoughts on the Jamar Chase uh, situation? I guess. No, I totally agree with you on that. And hopefully next week, this is just a non-issue. I'm I'm not sure if he'll even play in the next game, but I would at least like to get him, you know, a quick screen or something like that again, just to get his confidence back. But, I mean, honestly, next week I'm looking forward to see if they're going to throw Joe Burrow out there. Let Joe Burrow throw a target to Jamar Chase and get them both up out of there quickly. Uh, I'm just ready for the season, man. Like you said, we about to be on all type of different platforms, Facebook and all of that. Because on Facebook yesterday, I had guys telling me that Andy Dalton, the Andy Dalton Bears, are going to beat us. Like, what? Did, did you did you see Dalton what? today? Did you yes. see Dalton today? Yes, yes, Them and that's exactly hey, hey, what hey. we knew he is. Dalton lovers in here today. I know it's always one of y'all in here. Watch how Chicago, a, a city that's not standing for no BS, watch how they handle this. Oh, Just yeah. The not, not, the, come on. They're not waiting no time. They're not waiting eight nah. years, bro. Like, at, <laughs> after Andy's 2017 season, barely, like, he, Andy would have never made it to through, through 2018 on any other team in the world, bro. And he did and that, and that was probably, remember, I always told you, I thought that was his best season. Because it was working with way less. But um, moving forward next week, you alluded, you alluded to that. I think that my one thing that I wanted to talk about is now, after seeing what I saw, it set it all up for, I think, I think Joe Burrow should play eight snaps. That's my magic number. I think it, there's one that just says you got to go risk versus reward. The other part of me says I need him to fill it. I honestly want somebody to maybe push him down, maybe he gets a little bit of contact, goes down one time, maybe we're scared, whatever. But eight snaps, what do you feel about that now? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm good with him getting a series just to go ahead and put some points on the board. Even if it ends in a field goal, I'm good with it. Um, eight plays, I'm good with. Either way, it don't, it don't really, it don't really matter. I'd like to see what how the line actually plays with him in there as well. Like, obviously, they're going to want to throw everybody on the ground with Joe being in there, but I would definitely love to see him get a series, eight plays, whatever it is. Just get Joe Burrow on the field. I don't care if it's just one snap. Let's just get him out there. Let's get ready for the season, and let's get ready to turn up because it's going to be a fun season. Even if we don't feel like, you know, this may be the year, this is going to be a fun team to watch, and it could, depending on what happens. You never know, you know. The crazy things have happened, so you never know. I don't know if anybody M expected certain things that have happened in the last couple of years to happen, and you just never know. But but strap up, get ready. It's going to be a fun season. Coaching staff is definitely looking like they've gotten better. Shout-out to Marion Hobby. He's doing his thing on the defensive line. Shout-out to Frank Pollock. Um, and just get ready. It's going to be a nice – it's going to be a nice road this season. Right, yeah. I mean – Right, yeah. This is this when I say a whole lot of orange tour or whatever. I, I saw a guy that was in the crowd. He was like, "Man, the whole lot of orange tour is starting in this." And I was like, "Yeah, you know about it." I mean, it's an older guy. I'm like, "Yeah, you know." He's like, "Yeah, we ready." So I'm really excited. I, I want you know people can you like I said. I'm not gonna tell anybody how to be a fan. My expectations. It's not to say that they they wouldn't make the playoffs. Because they're capable. We saw them take down a playoff team with the Titans and the and the Pittsburgh Steelers like last year, right? We also saw them super competitive. They should have won the Eagles game. They should have won the Chargers game. That was robbed from them. 
the both of the Cleveland games, we went with them toe for toe. So there, there are all these different examples of us at 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 fifty percent health where we competed. So there's an argument to say, shoot, there's no reason we should make the playoffs. But like you said, it could go any type of way. So um, I just want people to kind of like remember all the people that told you that Jamar Chase is the bus. It's just not even, I'm going to just put this out there. It's, maybe this is just my face. I, I just don't even think it's physically possible. It's just too many targets. It's too many targets. Even if Brandon Allen is the quarterback. There is no scenario where Jamar Chase gets benched in favor of is the number five pick is there is this coaching staff's guy and I believe in his talent. So anybody telling you that I just don't even think it's physically possible. Will he have growing pains and stuff like that? As as all players do, it's just it just comes with the territory. My man J two turn says that we're going to go seventeen and zero. Crazier things have happened in the world, but that's super crazy. You got any clothes? Shout out to my boys. If you guys are looking at Midwest Barbecue, I always talk about them on here. They had a, a little water leak and some stuff going on that happened because of the storm uh, or, or something that happened at their place, and they were closed yesterday. So I'm going to send a prayer out to them to make sure they get everything straight. But shout out to my people at Midwest Barbecue. If you haven't gone there yet, please check out Midwest Barbecue and Love um, really, really good food, really good people. You got any closing remarks before we give them with a yes, Sersky? All I will say is they definitely um, are still open and doing some carry-out stuff. So if you still want to pull up and get your wings, you still can. From my understanding, they're going to be doing some carry-out and, and take-out and stuff like that up until they reopen. Um, but, yeah, as usual, we have to end this with a yes, Sersky! Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.